0: Before we begin this podcast, I'd like to acknowledge and pay respect to the traditional custodians of the land on which it was recorded, the land of the Kulin Nations. I'd like to pay respect to Elders past, present and emerging. We recognise and respect their continuing culture and contribution they make, and have made to the creative arts with their rich storytelling tradition. Sovereignty was never ceded, and a treaty was never signed. This always has been, and always will be, Aboriginal land. Hello. Hello. Uh, it is I, Callum Chia, host f- of the podcast, just up the top here to let you know that this is a very fun episode with the amazing Emma Batty. Um, uh, nothing much to really tell you, it's the end of the year, uh, just thought I'd let you know that there is, uh, we have some pet problems in both this episode and uh, the episode coming out after it. Uh, I've done our best to sort of edit them out, but you might hear the occasional uh, dog bark in the background or occasional little scuffle around. Um, You know, this is a lo fi podcast. Very, um, uh, we try to make it sound as professional as we can, but sometimes our pets get in the way as they always do in life, but we love them all the more for it. Uh, So, yeah, just wanted to let you know in case you're wondering why there's some dog barks in the background. But with that uh i think that's all we've got to say so thank you for listening to the podcast sorry we skipped another week um but hey we're back we're here we're gonna try and stick to schedule so long as i keep finding guests to listen to me talk about this movie and to keep giving me movies to watch anyway enjoy the episode think we're good to go all right and with that i'll say a welcome to from must till dawn the first and only movie podcast for must about a film called from dusk till dawn the pun title came before the idea for the podcast and uh each each fortnight i get a new guest they bring in a film and this guest this week's guest is the lovely emma batty (laughs)
1: thank you hello <laughs>
0: <laughs> hello Emma um before we begin uh would you like to just tell everyone or the listeners uh, a bit about who you are what you do in must what you do in life
1: oh boy um do I even know I mean I'm a performer aspiring writer slash director but very much learning I do makeup sometimes um <laughs> and yeah that's that's pretty much it I don't know who I am <laughs> <laughs>
0: Um, and you, you recently worked on a show for the Fringe Festival that's just wrapped up at the time of recording the night before. Uh, do you want to tell us a bit about what that was and what the experience was like?
1: Yeah. So for the third year performances, we were part of the Fringe Festival. So I was part of We Are Air, which was directed by Cass Fumi and it was basically, it was a Zoom performance and we had a lot of fun creating a wacky world, um, it was an experience. It was a whole experience. Um, and yeah, it was pretty fun. I enjoyed it.
0: And what did you think about moving, uh, as you said, like aspiring performer uh, and writer and stuff? How did it feel moving onto the the online format for theatre?
1: Uh, it was hard at first because I definitely absorbed the vibe slash I definitely, like being in the room with other actors, that's where I'm like, I thrive. But, you know, adapting was... Its own thing, and that was fun. And then once you got in the groove of it, it was like, yes, this is a routine. This is fun. It's different and a lot more comfortable because being in my room, it made it nicer.
0: Yes, yeah, yeah. No, um, I, I saw we are air. It was an excellent show. Uh, and to all the listeners who are listening, you can't see it anymore. <laughs> so um, suck shit. Uh, <laughs> we antagonize all of our listeners. Um. Excellent. And yeah, you do, you do makeup. You, you have a, a, a TikTok and you post the TikToks to Instagram. you want to tell us a little bit about, uh, bit
1: about that? Like, yeah, I have a TikTok um, at imported.goods uh, if you want that. But I also mainly go on Instagram. So on Instagram, it's at eb.artistry. Um, and I post the looks and little videos and the TikToks go on there anyways. Um, so yeah, that's like a side hustle. <laughs>
0: And what are you hoping to get from the side hustle? Um
1: uh, I mean, I guess like I don't even know. I'm just look, I've started to take it a bit more seriously because I don't know, I've had more time obviously during the pandemic. I've done it like every day. Um but now I'm back at work, it's like, oh, okay. What are my priorities? But I don't know. I'm like actually considering it, but then it's also like, oh, is this a viable? option. I don't know. I love being like acting and makeup, both such inconsistent and unsteady like career paths, but it is what it is.
0: Hey, but if you choose, if you choose two unsteady career paths, they'll eventually even themselves <laughs> out. Hopefully. <laughs> Figures crossed. All right. So lovely. Uh, Emma will, I uh, will put those, uh, your, the links to your TikTok and Instagram in the show notes Thank if you. anyone's looking. Um, But yeah, so, uh, so you had to, as, as I'm sure the people are aware by now, but if you're new, welcome, uh, each week or each fortnight rather, uh, I get a guest to choose a film, uh, that I have to watch and then they have to go off and watch the cult classic, uh, from dusk till dawn. It's a Robert Rodriguez film written by Quentin Tarantino, um, and we compare the two films. So Emma, would you like to reveal to the audience <laughs> the film that you chose for me to watch so, for this episode? So um
1: the incredible uh in, like cinematic masterpiece that is mm. Barbie the 12 Dancing Princesses. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh official title Barbie in the 12 Dancing oh, Princesses. Yes, I'm
1: sorry. Yeah. Which
0: is like was a weird um note I found because I, I started looking through some of like the other Barbie films mm-hmm. and they're very inconsistent whether it's Barbie in or whatever fairy as. tale or story they're ripping off or as yeah <laughs> um I wish they just stuck to one of the two because it's just it's very hard to work out um as time progresses
1: on that though because I <laughs> I also <laughs> then after watching from dusk till dawn I watched the 12 dancing princesses because I was like well I need to have it fresh in my mind too and then I watched Rapunzel after which I think is also Barbie as Rapunzel And what both of them do is at the start, it's Barbie, like, in sort of like a situation, right? And then it goes into the story. It's as if she's telling the story. Because in Rapunzel, she's telling, I think it's Kelly, one of the child Barbies about, you know, oh, you don't know what to paint. Well, I know a pretty princess who was saved by painting and, like, she tells the story, Mm.
0: Yeah, and yeah, 12 Princesses, like the Barbie stand in is Genevieve.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, who is just, it's Barbie with a different name. That's, yeah. I think, the only difference. And <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I like, yeah, when I was watching, I'm like, where is Barbie? Yeah. This just feels so strange. I'm like, are they just banking on the fact that the kids won't realize that? I mean, I oh, it looks like Barbie. <clears throat> I, mean, I mean, honestly. <laughs> um, but yes, no, Barbie and the 12 Princesses, one of the, I think, 36 Barbie films at the moment currently there's like 36 animated yeah. barbie movies um from 2006 so like very we're talking this is like young how old were you when you first watched the film
1: oh great question um i was definitely like little cuz i have the dvd um thank you oh. uh, a true fan i didn't <laughs> pirate it um <laughs> i don't know i was definitely young um but it was one of my favorites cuz i don't know it was one of the more modern ones like it wasn't like if you've seen Rapunzel, the animation in that one, wowie. <laughs> you can <laughs> spot the difference there. But yeah, I was like I, I don't know, I guess it came out when I was seven, but did I watch it then?
0: Who knows? Who knows, yeah. All right. Uh well, yes, no. I um I I, I, I didn't grow up on the Barbie movies. Fair um enough. my I think my animated movie when I was a kid were uh, Dumbo, Aww. Finding Nemo. Hmm. And then Madagascar, like oh, yeah. when I got a little bit old, Yeah, Madagascar, honestly, like, great same. film. Yeah. And just like Barbie, talking animals. There's just something about talking animals that, you know. Yeah. Which – We'll get to, but I have many questions about the talking animals <laughs> in this film. Um, but, yeah, well, uh, I think it's a good chance uh, more than any to move on to our first little segment, uh, The Sum Up, where we read our little synopses. So, Emma, you said you uh, have a little short and sweet synopsis of uh, From Dusk Till Dawn, which I am I'm just loving to hear. Yeah, um, so
1: um, I don't proofread, uh, but here's what I
0: have.
1: <laughs> from Dusk Till Dawn is basically a heist movie meets Scooby-Doo or an alternative Michael Scarn film. If you know, you know. (laughs) Do I need to like give some nuance on that?
0: I mean, explain, explain some nuance uh, for, yeah.
1: So, I mean, everyone knows like Scooby-Doo. I feel like Mm. that can, I'll explain that later. Um, But (laughs) if anyone has seen the US, uh, the US version of The Office, uh, Michael Scott, is a also an aspiring film writer, director, actor, everything. Yeah. Um, and he does his own movies. Um, and his character, Michael Skarn, is the sort of center of them. And um if if you've watched it, you know what I mean. It's like I just look, I feel like the first thing that I thought of was the two main characters, like at the beginning, um. I've already forgotten their names. That's how unimportant this film is to me. Uh,
0: it's, yeah. um, <laughs> uh, it's, uh, oh, Richie man. and, R- yeah, Richie and, uh, something. George Clooney. Um, George Clooney's <laughs> characters. I'm even, I'm blanking. Yeah. This is really, that's bad of me.
1: Um, but basically to explain it, I was like, oh, this is just Jim and Dwight. Like, it feels like these two are just Jim and Dwight doing a high
0: Richard and, Richie and Seth.
1: Seth. That's their names. Yeah. 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 Um,
0: but yeah, I no, absolutely agree. <laughs> and the Scooby may as well explain the Scooby Doo thing. Oh yeah. Just you know, if people have been living under a rock.
1: Yeah. Look, if you've seen the live action Scooby Doo films, um, like specifically Spooky Island, it gave me those vibes. Um, at the end of the film, or like, well, at some point in the film, vampires happen, and the special effects. Now, yes, the nineties. I don't expect what we have now, but it was just so like i couldn't take it it was almost like oh this isn't an adult movie because these yeah. effects are so bad <laughs> um and so it just reminded me of scooby doo like when they did their sort of special effects it was like a similar vibe
0: mm. yeah no i uh yeah i can get that it's um once again just bringing up the 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 titans of film uh <laughs> 12 Dancing Princesses, Duster Dawn, and now live action, scooby doo Mystery mm, Island. Yeah. Um yeah, no, um, I definitely agree. I love also the fact that you've referenced another piece of pop culture to reference this movie. Yeah. And I just I, there's something about that because this film is just, it's very much I don't know, it feels very much like that. Mm. Um lot of weird references to things that are just all over the place. Mm. Um excellent. All right, I'll read you my little my little summary I'm excited. of Barbie and the Twelve Dancing Princesses. All right, here we go. <laughs> Barbie and the Twelve Dancing Princesses is a 2006 Barbie, ba- Barbie brand straight-to-video film directed by Greg Richardson. Greg Richardson directed other classics such as Barbie and the Magic of the Pegasus 3D, Barbie as the Island Princess, and a whole bunch of Max Steel films, which is a child's show that I have no frame of reference for, but <laughs> there you go. Uh, The film is based on the Grimm's fairy tale called The Twelve Dancing Princesses. Now, this is the part where I'd love to say that the Grimm's version is like super dark and gritty and there's lots of death and weird shit. But to be honest with you, the original is just as inoffensive as the Barbie adaptation. Um, That being said, there are a couple of differences. Uh, so in the story, a king finds the soles of his 12 daughter's shoes worn out every morning, despite them never leaving the room. So the king promises his kingdom and his daughter's hand in marriage to anyone who can find out what the heck is going on. So an old soldier takes him up on his deal and gets given an invisibility cloak by an old woman and is told not to accept any food or drink <laughs> the princesses give him because they just drug all of it. Um, which, you know, why not? So he follows them for a couple of nights as they go off to another castle across a lake and dance with 12 princes. Then he tells the king and he takes the eldest, ha- eldest hand in marriage and the 12 princes are cursed and happily ever after. Um, the Barbie adaptation removes the sale of princesses but maintains a similar amount of drugging. Uh, it for- it follows 12 princesses whose names aren't important except for Genevieve Uh, there's a king who loves them but wants them to be more like princesses so he gets his evil cousin to come and train them but she actually wants to be queen so she starts so she starts poisoning the king and there's a B plot involving a talking monkey and a talking cat that fight and I'm sorry I I I can't go any further because that's not what this film's about this movie's about making motherfucking money, and boy did it make bank. $28.7 million in domestic home <sighs> DVD sales, which may have been due to the six different DVD variations oh. and one musical DVD sold, which I have up here. Uh We have the list, the Barbie Dancing and the Twelve Dancing Princesses, the original edition, Barbie and the Twelve Dancing Princesses, the special edition, Barbie and the Twelve Dancing Princesses, exclusive edition, the Barbie and the Twelve Dancing Princesses, classic movie edition, the Barbie and the Twelve Dancing Princesses, which there is appears to be no difference between this and the first one, so I'm going to say Blu-ray. It also appeared in the Princess Collection, which has four films, which I can't make out all of them, but it looks like there's the – Pegasus One, Princesses, The Island Princess, and I think The Princess and the Pauper. Uh, and then the musical DVD, which is a sing along. Um, uh, and then that's not even mentioning the books, which include <laughs> a panorama sticker storybook, a Barbie 12 Dancing princesses Step into Reading, the Junior Novelization, the Fairy Tale Collection book with Came Along with a Genevieve Doll, the storybook, a picture book. A Fantastic Tale, which had a bracelet. Uh, Another book that just retells the story. Sisters Forever. Uh, A book that had a door hanger in it. Uh, A coloring inversion. A sticker activity book. Another one that's called Magical Tale. An Evening Tale. And another coloring book. And then we even getting into the video (laughs) games. We had Barbie and the 12 Dancing Princesses on PlayStation 2. Barbie and the 12 Dancing Princesses on PC. The Game Boy Advance and the ds version and that's not even mentioning the motherfucking dolls right <laughs> <laughs> now as i th- as far as i'm aware the the actual barbie and the 12 dancing princesses branded dolls are discontinued but on ebay an unopened 12 princesses oh doll goes for roughly anywhere between 80 to 170 us dollars um strangely the 170 goes mostly for the the cobbler's dolls oh. uh <laughs> But I think that's because I would assume that's just because they were probably in lower production at the time. Um, So yeah, this movie is about making money, and this movie made a shit ton of money. It also helped for the fact that uh, that in two thousand coming into two thousand and seven, Mattel had a massive uh, jump in the stock market, and I reckon it's probably due to this and many of the other Dancing Princesses movies. So, in the spirit of things. Yeah, the movie, it's pretty good. I enjoyed it. But did it make a shit ton of money? Yes. Is that what it was supposed to do? Absolutely.
1: Wow. <laughs> I did not know any of that. I don't even know what version I have. Wow.
0: Yeah, you'll we'll have to we'll, we'll have to send a picture. We'll have yeah. to put it on the Instagram. I want to get a picture of which DVD copy you had. Um, yeah, this movie, I couldn't find the budget for it anywhere which is really annoying because I don't know actually, so I don't know if it actually made money. I'm assuming it with $28 million and looking at um, the animation, I don't think it was made with uh, a lot of money. Mm. But in saying that, like with just on sales alone and the merchandising, this film made bank. Wow. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Yeah. (laughs) Did you have any of the other merchandise for this? No,
1: I feel so (laughs) robbed that I could have had so many things. Oh
0: could have had a sticker pack and a DS game. Yeah. Right. I straight up just
1: didn't get any of that.
0: (laughs) Damn. We'll have to start a petition, get Emma all of the twelve dancing princesses. I mean, hey, I won't I won't
1: decline any of it, you know. (laughs)
0: um yeah so with the uh with our little summaries over we'll get into um our segment same shit different shit talk about the strengths and weaknesses uh emma since you started with your little uh synopsis what did you what did you think of from dusk till dawn
1: oh too many thoughts too many thoughts and i tried to sum them up um look i think (laughs) one strength I really liked the title card. Um, <laughs> I was like, "Oh, that's that's nice. It was nicely done, very well executed." The color scheme, I really enjoyed. Like, I liked the color of the movie. Um, I hate when movies are so dark; I can't see what's going on. None of that in this. It was great. Everything was visually accessible for me. For me, the vibe, like, I got it. You know, I I don't hate movies. <laughs> I don't hate movies, (laughs) generally. Um,
0: Quote that. So,
1: like, you know, I was, I yeah, I had expectations. Um, And, look, I think the penis gun was the biggest strength of this film. That was, like, (laughs) the one thing that I thoroughly enjoyed. And I, because, I mean, I didn't know it was coming up, um, Mm. because, disclaimer, I've only listened to two of the episodes. But, um, yeah, so if anyone else has talked about it, I did not know and so Mm. the first time it like perked up (laughs) yeah I just I laughed. I straight up that was like one of the moments that I laughed and I mean hey it's I mean yeah I yeah that's the strengths uh
0: weaknesses?
1: (laughs) weaknesses Quentin Tarantino Just Quentin Tarantino. (laughs) I, if you know me, you know my stance on Tarantula Man. I just do not have much time for him. Um, I wrote George's back must be fucked from carrying this fucking film. (laughs) Um, so that's not really a weakness. Well, I guess, look, I liked, I feel like George Clooney's acting was great and (sighs) the dad, Harvey Keitel. Yes. I was like, I know it's Harvey. Um, he was great. I thought it was great. But, like, okay, there was one moment where I think Richie said something and the son laughed, but it wasn't like, it seemed like the actor had maybe laughed out of character, but they were like, oh, let's just keep this shot. It just <laughs> seemed a bit like, I was like, "Is was he meant to do that? Um, but, hey, you know, it's, Yeah. I don't know. The writing was just trash to me. And like, yes, you could say, what do you know about writing a script? But like, I don't know. There was one time where the daughter literally said, this place is cruddy or something like that. And I know it's the 90s and so vocabulary is not what it's like today, but like, this place is cruddy. I don't know. I just thought, imagine just having, you know, action. This place is cruddy. And cut, beautiful, perfect, all right, we're keeping it. Like, I don't know. I just think the writing could have been improved and that's on Tarantino. Um, again, on the laughing, I laughed three times.
0: Oh, what were the other, do you remember what the other two were? Well,
1: two out of three was just laughing at the penis gun, penis gun. <laughs> and then the third one was when the band combusted. I don't know why, oh. but I just thought the fact that, like, because they were the last ones there standing on the band uh, thing And then they just said, thanks for listening. Like, thanks for being a great crowd. And then just combust it. And I just thought that was just, like, the most ridiculous thing. But I liked it. I thought it was funny. And that was it. Nothing else got me. Um, Yeah. And as I said before, special effects, trash. But, like, in a way that's almost funny. Like, I don't know, the melting and then just seeing the, the skulls. Like slightly comical, but not enough to bring a noise out of me. Um, but like, yeah. I feel like everything else kind of says everything. <laughs> um, yeah.
0: Out of curiosity, because I know you said you have little time for Tarantino. Um, if this was like the only thing of his that you knew about him, what would you like? And like, I guess sort of more is just like, I know. I know that there are. Films where he sort of his writing and stuff and his directing, um, he goes a lot further into like shittiness. Where on the on the scale do you reckon you'd you'd put it?
1: Look, this isn't the worst. This isn't the worst. Like he doesn't. Um, I've noted things he did, but I know wh- he never said the N word in this, which was a step for him. <laughs> like there was no N word. I mean, there, look, I like we're heading into the ranting territory, but like. <laughs> um, <laughs> Like, there's definitely some aspects of racism, but he didn't write himself saying the N-word like he does in other films that he's done. Um, So, like, it's, this isn't his worst one. And I feel, well, obviously, because wasn't this one of his first...
0: Yeah, it was, like, the first script he got paid to write. Yeah, so, so I feel like, um...
1: you know, it's a start, and
0: it wasn't his <laughs> absolute worst.
1: But in saying that there's a lot wrong.
0: Yeah, and we'll get into that in the Tarantino section, which I feel where everyone's itching to hear. But before we get (laughs) there, we'll have to talk about uh, Babu and the 12 Dancing Princesses. Um, Yeah, I I think I sort of, with my summary, I sort of put it Mm. best. I think it's inoffensive. Like I I mean, I'm not the uh, age group that i think it's like it's targeted at. Yep. So of course i'm going to go into a little bit biased. Uh okay. i have nothing i've no problems watching barbie films. Um uh i growing up with like half siblings when i'd go to see my dad and stuff, uh the oldest half sibling is uh, my like half sister and she would watch these very young and i'd watch them with her when i'd look after oh, her bless. and stuff. And like they're like they're good films. I think like for like kids yeah. and stuff, they're entertaining. Um yeah, it's it's it, i guess and it's a partly like a cynical it's the cynic in me but just watching it being like this is to sell toys like this is entirely <laughs> to sell toys like every single character here is getting a toy even the cat the cat's yeah. getting a toy the there's 12 of them it's like you chose 12 toys if you ever found a film with 12 toys yeah like, um which i again i guess i there's no nothing inherently wrong with that um it's just it's also just you know as I said, not the target demographic. So every, all as I'm watching it, all I can think of is 12 Toys. <laughs> but what I will say about it is I think considering what the original Grimm's fairy tale was and what the story this tells, it's actually a pretty decent adaptation. Yeah. Like, I think it's a really good adaptation. Like, it still keeps... Like, it changes some of the elements to make it a little bit more family-friendly. Yeah. But it still keeps the general spirit. Like, the king... Like, with the instead of the princesses drugging the, the old soldier and stuff, there's still like the element of like the king's cousin is like poisoning him yeah. and trying to become queen and stuff. And there's still this like element of them, you know, disappearing in the night and the shoes and like the shoes and stuff being worn out and everything. Yeah. And I really liked that aspect. And I also kind of liked that there weren't the 12 princes. I don't know. Yeah. There was just something about it. Like I feel like it would have just been that it would have muddied up the story. Wise would have muddied it up. There's just too many, too much things, ha- too many things happening. Um, but yeah, I saw. I felt like it. It kept even at the end with the 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 cousin being cursed. Yeah. Like I know at the end of the Grimm's Fairy Tale, the twelve princes get cursed, and I can't remember what their specific curse is. But like the fact that she gets cursed to dance forever. Yeah. And like, there's something. There's just something fun about that. I thought just, yeah, from an adaptation point of view, it's done really well considering that it's made to sell dolls. Yep. Um <laughs> So, yeah, like there's there's a part of me that's like, I think that someone creating this clearly put like some love and effort into it. Like there is clearly a sense of care and to a certain extent passion. Um, It's, yeah, it's just hard to sort of be when you're just looking at it, like maybe actually what helped with not having the main princess be called Barbie and having her like the, the Barbie stand in being Genevieve, um, I think meant that it was a lot easier to look past the whole Barbie sales element of it. Cause I think if the, the fine, like if that daughter was named Barbie, I'd be like, Oh yeah, that's right. Every time they say a name, like, right, this is a toy film. Um, I think it definitely made it easier to watch it and think of it as a standalone like as its own sort of separate entity. Um which was nice. I really enjoyed it. Um weaknesses there's not too much. I mean the animation is not super great, <laughs> yeah. but like it's 2006 and it's a kid film, but I'm assuming it had a fairly low budget yeah. compared to how much it made. Um can't really fault that. Um there's yeah, a couple of editing things. There's a couple of just weird lines yep. in it like just some offy things which I'm just like oh that could have used a bit of an edit like <laughs> or just like or just scenes that go on for like a little bit too, too long in the animation yeah I think the main one that for some reason just made me crack up is when um the princesses at the end they're trying to get back into the castle there's a scene where like um oh, what's the cobbler's name Derek um Derek yeah he opens the door and he's like looking around and they wait and then It's this weird scene of like them running in and then he like closes the door behind him, but it's just really just weird and jilted. And it just takes a little bit of longer. You see him like go and grab the door, but his hand clearly does not grab the (laughs) door handle and then it pulls closed and there's just silence. There's just nothing. That's, that's another thing. There are so many scenes that have no sound design whatsoever. And I just it really scared me at points. I'm like, well, I'm like, what's happening? It's so deadly silent. It's just people walking. Oh <laughs> like my God. it like, yeah, there were definitely scenes that I think if um cut and edited it correctly could come up you could make this into a thriller, like really oh, yeah. easily. Like really easily you could make this into like a short film thriller. Um but yeah, like fine perfectly fine film. Um I can see if I was a little bit younger. Uh, I probably would have enjoyed it more, but as it stands, it's a, like it's a good movie. It's a decent film. It was an enjoyable watch.
1: Yeah. What about um, the music? I love because I loved the music. I can like I remember singing along to it as a kid, and like when I rewatched it, I was singing along to it, thinking, "Oh my god, wait, I still remember this." Mm. Like the birthday uh, song.
0: Yeah, the birthday <laughs> song. <laughs> yeah, I do have to admit, for a film about dancing, the music is actually pretty top-notch. Um, that credit song, that closing credit yeah. song of just. I don't know, I don't know why that wasn't in the movie, but yeah. like, just absolute ballad that was. I can, I can see you know my younger sister f- f- dancing to that shit yeah. when the movie ends in the lounge room. Um, yeah, like the yeah the music was the music was really good. As I said, just when the music isn't playing, there's just sort of nothing. yeah. And that's a little bit <laughs> nerve wracking. <laughs> um, but yeah, all right. I think we'll um we'll get. We'll get straight into the juicy section, the Tarantino, best name, best section. Uh, so, Emma, <laughs> I can see you're just chomping at the bit.
1: I'm just like, to get oh.
0: to the ranting. So, this is your time. Have a way, have at it.
1: Okay. So, I don't know what's been said already. I just know what my thoughts are. And hey, I could be wrong, I could be irrelevant.
0: There are some things that get said often, but I feel like what's nice about every time we have a new guest, everyone sort of pinpoints and picks one speci- like one thing that sort of hasn't. So totally fine. Just say what you think.
1: All right. So um, to begin, less than five minutes into the film, less than five minutes into the film, we had the R word. We had a slur against like an ableist slur. We love that. Um, then less than 10 minutes in, we had the B word, which I, I I just, I don't want to say words, but like the B word, you know, female dog. We love that. 10 minutes in, less than 10 minutes in. um, Not surprised. Just not even disappointed. Just, just, you know, it was, it was. Um, I don't know. I, f- I also just want to say, I feel like the vocabulary in this film generally was just weird and like it was almost like he's trying to make them seem comical by making them again. Like this is, you know, the this place is totally cruddy. Like, wh- why, why? <laughs> um, I don't know. It was just weird. The vocabulary. I there's no other. I can't think of any other things. I wrote. I actually look. I took notes <laughs> while I was watching. I. Um, <laughs> oh yeah, he says, like he says, potato head in the beginning as well. I think it was the um. The ranger that gets shot at in the, um at the station, the gas station, he's he, like, he says potato head in some sentence. Then he also says, oh, I just got to drain my lizard, which like, I get that one. That makes sense. And like, yeah, I guess it fits the character, but still just like, what? <laughs> um, Oh, one thing I picked up in the start as well, like, so the, the guy at the register who was obviously sort of low-key being held hostage while the ranger comes in, He gets, like, shot at and he ducks down to get his gun from the safe. And he's, like, twisting the thing. Don't safes click when you...
0: Yeah, but... uh, I mean, uh, I don't know. Just a little (laughs) thing that was, like,
1: because obviously he's trying to be sneaky, but I was, like, don't safes click when you're doing the thing. Anyways. (laughs) um, Yeah, that's and this is where I was, like, so Quentin Tarantino is just Dwight. (laughs) This is just Jim and Dwight.
0: <laughs> um,
1: and I couldn't unsee it. It's cause like, he just looks so, uh. anyways, yeah, I know so many people have picked up on Tarantino's acting already, but like, I don't know. I don't know if, okay. You know, when bad actors don't blink on screen, like they just never blink cause they don't think to do that. And it's like noticeable. See, this is where I'm like, okay, is he a good actor and he isn't blinking because sometimes, like, sociopaths or psychopaths just tend not to blink as much? Or is he just a bad actor and he's <laughs> not blinking throughout any scenes? Um, oh. That was a thought. Um, what I else? think
0: that's that's slowly becoming... Um... The, the the mission of this podcast is to answer that like the little side the little b plot of this podcast is to answer the unanswerable question of is quentin tarantino a good yeah. actor in this movie or is he just really bad Yeah, like I think we'll he's never really know
1: bad. um because <laughs> another part this is where i was a bit like there was a little it was a little incestuous like a little um like there's nothing to actually prove it i, I was just like mm. There was like one, uh, the scene where uh, Seth comes back to the motel and Richie's just killed the, uh, ca- the clerk from the bank and he gets mad and he's like all up against him on the wall. Like already it's like a now kiss <laughs> kind of thing. <laughs> but like they hug like because obviously Seth yells at him and he's like, what is wrong with you? But then like they hug because they're brothers and they're like, no, we got to love each other no matter what. But the shot is like, Just a few seconds longer, and you just Tarantino's obviously got his hands around George Clooney's back because they're hugging, and then it just like lowers down a little bit. I
0: remember that, yeah. And I was
1: like, um, (laughs) did they keep that in for a reason? Are they like, let's just make the audience think something? I just, I was like, (laughs) okay. I mean, hey, how close are they? I don't know. I don't want to (laughs) know. We'll never know. Um. Uh, oh, the racism. Okay, so now, obviously in this film, not as bad as others, and it's not like that racism isn't necessarily a plot device in it. Um however, the classic, you know, oh he's wait, he's your son, but isn't he Japanese? Yeah. <laughs> uh all Asians <laughs> are obviously the same, aren't they? Like, wow. What, like we could have gone without that. If he if George Clooney's character didn't say that. Nothing about the movie would have changed. I was just like, okay, classic. Let's just poke fun at Asians because that's that's why they're in films. Um, it was interesting. Like the uh, son is an interesting character to like look at because obviously there's the part where when they're going through the border, he's like saying, you know, you're in like you know you're not in control. They're in control. You know, like just can like fess up and tell them that we've got these guys holding us hostage and the dad's like no 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 I'm in control I'm in control and it's just interesting to think about when um when it comes to asian characters especially male ones they're generally these really passive um eff- like really feminine or effeminate but like in this case that wasn't necessarily a trait but definitely the passive like oh uh I you know, I'm, I'm like, I'm a boy. I I can't do anything kind of thing. And it was just interesting. That's just a thought a food, like food for thought for the listener. Um, but also there was some like racist stereotypes as well. Like the word ape was used, not at actually directed at the one token black character in the film, but still at a person of color. (laughs) They called him an ape. Then they mentioned melon and I was like, Oh, oh, that's a very like old classic racist stereotype. Um, So that was like one of the obvious Tarantino racist things that I was like, "Mm." Um, he cannot write women. I love Juliette Lewis. And I was like, okay, I had hopes. I had hopes that, you know, and yeah, we had a final girl. We had a classic final girl. Um, But first of all, can I just say this character does not use her perfectly working ears because one <laughs> one um I mean I wrote down girl did you not listen <laughs> but I don't remember which part that was for but like there was another part at the end where in the bar where they're in the bar and it's all silent it's all quiet because yeah. they think all the vampires are dead and she's just standing there chilling at the bar and then she see no she doesn't we see yeah. uh uh, one of the, I guess, human patrons mm. of the establishment who obviously got bit and then be turned into a vampire or something and was crawling towards her, grunting, right? Mm. And it's like, yeah. okay, if you're standing in an, pretty much a, a big room and everything is still because most people are dead except the one standing at your height level, do you not see something crawling <laughs> towards you? on the ground <laughs> slash do There's you no not tension. hear it because you're all just like silently like re- reveling in what's just happened do you not uh...
0: <gasps> it's just uh, but it's for tension Emma. it doesn't matter whether it makes sense it builds up tension i know, you know? but they, i feel
1: like that could have been something <laughs> else like i mean the tension was there with um the character who got bit and then hit it from everyone else that was
0: oh uh, yeah that was good um that's yeah that's the guy with the the penis sex machine penis gun sex machine
1: (laughs) my favorite (laughs) character um i was so i knew i knew he was gonna get bit i knew he was gonna have to like either die or he was gonna sacrifice himself and i was like oh no he's being a dick he's not telling them (laughs) and then obviously the dad as well that was like a little look i wasn't sad but i was like oh like that sucks but yeah then it also made sense when I was hearing about like how it's just the daughter left and her whole family's dead. And I was like, oh yeah.
0: <laughs> oh, also
1: bestiality. Like oh. um, <laughs> like it With wasn't what? this I, I,
0: in what way? Sorry. It's <laughs> very confused. No one's ever brought up bestiality on the podcast for this is new. <laughs>
1: um so when Cheech is the bouncer, because Cheech plays two characters. That confused me. He, he plays
0: he plays three. Oh,
1: three? I well, I just recognized the one at the like when he was the bouncer and then at the end. So as the bouncer, because he's obviously saying, you know, like, we got all this pussy inside you, like, big pussy, small pussy, uh, whatever. Uh, And then he says, like, dog pussy, cat pussy. He he was just talking, like, obviously spouting any kind of pussy. And I was just like, ooh. And, like, yes, they're (laughs) vampires, so maybe, maybe socially, like, they don't see animals as any different to vampires, but... The idea that perhaps there's, like, cat strippers that didn't please me. (laughs) Um, That would be interesting, though. Maybe it would have made it better.
0: Who Actually, honestly, I want to see the director's cut with all the the cat and dog strippers, just to to know, like...
1: (laughs) I mean, there was a snake, though.
0: There was a snake. Summer Hayek does have the snake. Um, Can I just say? Summer Hayek. She
1: made it almost worth watching. She is just so beautiful. (laughs) She was 30 when she did that. 30. Mm. Like... I mean, I don't know. I I guess 30 is still young, but she's so fit, like so fit in in like the sense, not just like, oh, she's so fit in it. She's like fit, fit. Mm. And like she was dancing and I was like, wow. But also I I felt so bad because then she had to do the thing where she poured the The
0: champagne down her foot. Yep.
1: And so Tarantino had (laughs) to suckle her foot. That wasn't fun. I felt bad. I was like, oh, girl, I'm sorry you had to go through that.
0: Yeah, no, there are that. Yeah, that's definitely a scene that's come up pretty much every podcast at least mentioned. Yeah, um, it, it's very memorable scene, probably not for the right reasons, but uh, you know, yep, it's there. <laughs> yeah, and uh, is that is that pretty much everything for the that you wanna?
1: Um, pretty much. Oh, uh, so I I looked through my notes and the line where I think so his name's Scott the son laughed and I noticed it was when uh. I think Richie said like he grinds his teeth
0: and so oh, yeah. Seth
1: tells him to put in his like um retainer and he's like oh yeah I grind my teeth and then there's a shot and Scott laughs
0: and I'm like yeah, that's right oh I remember that's yeah of course yeah I, that's always that's puzzled me too <laughs> that just I, I grind my teeth and the laughing and it's yeah. like oh is this, this is like a mis? like was this just yeah. an edit? they forgot to cut the end of exactly off? Like- <laughs> Man, Scott, unless Scott's just really fired his teeth grinding.
1: Yeah. just he's like oh, relatable
0: say. Say, <laughs> oh, dude, and then I oh, I want to see actually that's a director's cut. I want oh, to true. see the animal strippers and the scene where Richie and Scott they exchange containers, the, 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 uh, the teeth grinding anecdotes. Oh. My God. <laughs> oh. Uh, honest director's cut man this director's cut that doesn't exist yeah. is really sounded honestly that would better make and better now that's that's the real film yeah <laughs> um awesome uh with Disney uh 12 princesses dancing princesses I don't have much to rant about <laughs> I think there's only one thing um is the parakeet Indian
1: okay so <laughs> this is the one thing i was because, gonna bring up because as well. the voice actor <laughs> is, is definitely white. not yeah. yeah so the voice actor is a, a white canadian man and oh i have a feeling he might be dead um now he
0: did yeah he passed away last year um yeah. he's like in, i was reading he's very well beloved he's in a lot of like yeah uh voice acting for a lot of children's film very highly beloved actor doesn't not discrediting him for like all the work in the other films yes. that he's done um but yeah, that was a, yep. the second I heard that voice, I'm like, oh, I, I know, not know. I know, <laughs> As
1: soon as I rewatched it, I was like, oh no. Oh no, I'm going to have to double check this one.
0: <laughs> oh. Yeah, because it's, it's not even like, because, so my, my, my thinking was, okay, maybe it's like, it's an Indian parakeet, which do exist. Yeah. And I was like, so maybe this guy just took it very literally about being an Indian parakeet. But it's like, it's just not even, it's not even subtle. It's just so apparent. And I'm like, oh, man, (laughs) (laughs) just felt a bit weird. Um, Which was also hard because I genuinely think he had, that character had some of the funniest comedic moments Mm. in the whole film. Like that character just from comedic timing and, (laughs) Everything and lines. Also, the parrots dialogue—it's just so funny. I love that character, but also like,
1: yeah,
0: man, i was so hard. <laughs>
1: yeah, <laughs> I feel, yeah,
0: yeah, um, yeah. If he's all that, actually, that actor as well. He's been in um a bunch of other uh Barbie Princess films as well. Yeah. Um. I I oh I had his IMDb up. <laughs> um. Yeah. Like he he's been in uh, like. Four or five different other Disney, uh, sorry, Disney, I keep saying Disney Barbie brand for other corporation with princesses <laughs> that makes a shit ton of money. Um, yeah, he, yeah, he's in a bunch of other ones. Um, yeah, very highly, highly loved yeah. and highly regarded. His passing seemed a lot of people were very up quite upset by, uh, he passed away last year, late last year, I think. I could be wrong, yeah, um, but it was 2019. Um, but yeah bit just that other than that i think there's nothing much more to really rant about the film Yeah, really like i think anything else would just be nitpicking and there's really no i'm like it'd be just me trying to find <laughs> yeah. find problems with this movie i will or say, like,
1: funnily enough i didn't actually realize that Catherine o'hara is the one that voices rowena
0: oh really and
1: so if anyone doesn't know who that is i'll just like if you've seen Home Alone, Catherine O'Hara is the mum. Uh she's also in Beetlejuice. She's been in a lot. Anyways, she voiced uh the evil cousin slash. Yeah, she wait. What is she to them? Yeah. Like, yeah.
0: uh, uh, uh yeah. It's not it really explained. She just she wants to be queen. Yeah, is essentially.
1: And so Catherine O'Hara is in Schitt's Creek, which I have my own critiques on that show, but that's another podcast. <laughs> um, <laughs> and her character has an accent because like she's this posh sort of like rich mm. actress who isn't that talented um and it's funny because the voice she did for Rowena is so similar to what she sounds like in Shits Creek mm. and then to like tie it all in the cat's name in the 12 dancing princesses is Twyla which is a character in Shits Creek so I was just like <laughs> oh my god look at this like connection
0: it's connected universe oh my yeah. god 12 dancing princesses is canonically it, in Shits <laughs> Creek yeah <laughs> <laughs> incredible now that's now that's the twi- that's the that's this that's, the, that's <laughs> a crossover that's a that's the word crossover yeah. I'm forgetting a lot of words today a lot of important words yeah, I feel like I should same. I should know could say. <laughs> it's it's the heat we're coming into summer this is one of the first podcasts we've recorded on a hot like yeah. a, not hot hot but like fairly warm day you know you have to bear with us um I mean I mean, we've got our little rants out. I think that's our anger out, and um, take a little sip of water and uh, ties us into uh, our little next thing, bite club. Uh, talk about little snacks, a little interlude. This is a little fun, little interlude uh, section of the podcast. Um, Emma. So when when I when I asked you in the podcast, you said that you were trying to work out whether to have a big. Uh, themed feast for the film or whether to like just go the traditional popcorn or so what did what did you end up settling on for the snacks
1: so i settled on just having just dinner (laughs) Um, (laughs) mainly because like i didn't have time to find like a a vegan buttered popcorn and then i also just didn't have time to cook um a whole mukbang uh so i got mapo tofu uh which is basically just like a spicy tofu rice dish um, it was really yum. Uh, <laughs> I usually try to eat like a meal when I watch things. Um, I don't know. It's just, it's just comforting. Uh, in terms of like, I don't know, I guess it it didn't really influence my viewing. Uh, I guess like I was probably sniffly cause it was spicy, but
0: Ooh. yeah. Um,
1: <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I, I always eat when I'm watching something. Like I'll do a thing where if I'm about to sit down and watch something, I'll make sure I have a meal and it's ready and I have to be settled. Yeah. So I did the same thing. I didn't treat this movie any differently. I was like, we'll have the same experience.
0: <laughs> mm. What about no, that's you? Well, well, thank you. Thank you for treating the film uh, of course. like you would any other film. Yes. i <laughs> not, uh, not trying to single it out or anything. Um, I actually didn't, I didn't eat anything watching this movie. um. I, when I watched it, I watched it in the afternoon. Uh, I'd already had a a bit of a late big breakfast. So I was pretty full and I was like oh, hour and a half. I can easily get through this. So, um, but I was, I did drink a, uh, raspberry soda water, like raspberry, like lightly, lightly flavored, lightly yeah. sparkled can of raspberry stuff. And, um, you know, it was quite refreshing and it was it was quite nice to watch the film with like uh, this little pink can as well. It really added to the, you know, the on whole colour aesthetic yeah. and stuff on brand. Um, you know, it was a little bit sweet, a little bit fresh, a uh, bit refreshing. Uh, it tasted like what I think, you know, royals of that status would probably have <laughs> drunk. Uh, you know, so I felt a little fancy because it's like water plus. Water you know?
1: plus. <laughs> I mean, like, yeah, I guess. Yeah, that's their like normal water.
0: Yeah, they're like they're like what your water just comes from a tap. <laughs> we have to
1: <laughs> It's like filtered through the crystal streams surrounding our mm. castle.
0: Yeah, that that <laughs> Oh Lord, yeah. The that castle, honestly, I I never got any bearing of how big or small it is because all the indoor shots make it look huge, but all the outdoor shots, I'm yeah. like, oh, that's really tidy. <laughs> that's a really small castle. Yeah, <laughs> no sense of scale for the uh for the the kingdom, which I don't think actually ever gets a name. But you know,
1: well at the start, oh no, I think because but b- something Ovia, it's not Genovia. Oh, yeah. That's uh Princess Diaries. Mm, but exactly. something because the, the guy comes over to be like, you know, such and such is oh, wants that's right, to yeah. do a thing so, with you. This. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. That's all right. That's fine. It doesn't have to be titled. <laughs> it's not about the name of the kingdom. You know, this isn't a, this isn't one of those. Exactly. <laughs> all right. Well, now we've gone through a little interlude. We get to my personal favorite segment, <laughs> title twister, and we get to talk about how implementing vampires in Barbie and the 12 dancing princesses would change the film. Um, and when it would be best to bring them in. So Emma, um, do you have any thoughts of when you'd implement vampires in this children's movie?
1: (laughs) I actually did, though. I was like, okay, so either Rowena could have been a vampire because, I mean, she's the villain. It's, like, easy to just put it on the villain. Um, Or I was like, what would be kind of fun is if the sisters became vampires when they went Mm. to the, like, magical place, like when they sort of transported to that other world. That would be interesting. And it would be mm. like definitely darker and more true to like what people associate the Brothers Grimm's fairy tales with. Mm. But yeah, I don't know. I didn't. I didn't like outline a whole plot and like what it would do. But
0: <laughs> yeah, no, I definitely agree. I think that um, yeah, my first initial thought was just uh, Rowena um, purely cause she just dress it. She had she had the style and the yeah. color palette for it already. Um, but definitely, yeah, in my head, it was like it'd be fun. Like you know they rather when they have to dance but they dance it's the shape of a pentagram (laughs) and then like a hell portal opens up and it takes them and it's like this some like old gothic castle on an island and stuff and rather than like the healing water it's healing blood and like they like dance in like an old gothic ballroom and there's like or, or like the, there's like mirrors everywhere and all the the ghost princes they dance with don't show up in the mirrors and stuff you can have oh, like some cool, cool vampire shots that'd be f- I reckon it would really change the mood it would make yeah. it really unsettling but like or you could even have it that maybe like Rowena's turning the king into a vampire
1: oh true that could
0: be like a thing she's like trying to turn him into like a vampiric tyrant That yeah like all the peasantry rise up to kill and she like she yeah, or she saves the battle. day or
1: something. Yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah. That would have been interesting.
1: Or imagine her, like, is it what's the monkey's name?
0: Oh, yeah. The freaking I can't believe we we've talked about all these I forgot to talked about the talking animals, but the monkey. Yeah. Um
1: <laughs> Desmond.
0: Des. no Desmond's the Desmond oh. the um he's the just the helper. Oh he's the
1: helper the, oh, Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um yeah, uh Brutus Brutus, Brutus. Brutus yeah. is the monkey. Yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> oh my god just like the like the voice the laugh like when it laughs it's just so piercing
0: Mm, it's a very evil monkey yeah it's the evilest of the evil monkeys i've seen on film i reckon um also just because weird like i don't this might be a strange i don't know if this means anything but i just felt like all of the voices of the animals just didn't suit the animal. <laughs> right. Like, like the cat, for so, I'm like, I don't know what a cat voice sounds like, but it's not this. Yeah. And it's like, same with the monkey and then the uh, the parrot. I'm like, these are not what I'd expect. I'm like, it's it's strange and it's an interesting choice, but it was just like I was not sure yeah. where all the choices came from.
1: I know that uh, Twyla the cat was voiced by one of the same actresses who voices one of the sisters- which I thought was oh really like well I guess okay, yeah while well, we've got it could they not
0: could they not get twelve actresses <laughs> <in>? <laughs> yeah wow I, I mean considering that I think only Genevieve really is the only one that speaks yeah. the most they to say your grace or whatever your grace yeah oh yeah uh, Papa oh they say Papa a yeah, lot
1: that's true. yeah
0: that scene where they all come in for for breakfast and they're just like Papa what's for breakfast pa-? I was like <laughs> if someone says Papa one more fucking time I swear to God. <laughs> oh lord yeah well i think we've that is the best place i mean like the fact that it's already a you know like i don't know it's a period film (laughs) um but like it's like you know already set with the castles and stuff you've already got the correct backdrop for like a good vampire story and i think as he said you take it more grim or just if you wanted to do it from Dust or dawn and just make a film that starts as a kid's film and then turns into like this gothic horror. Yeah. Like this is the, one of the perfect, you know, basis mm. for it, especially the lack of sound that adds to eeriness. <laughs> I think that like, it's already got, it's so many foundations for just oh. a really scary, you know, vampire movie. That's true. <laughs> okay all right well we've come to the end which means we have to we have to do the the final part where across the border keeping everything in mind we're gonna have to compare the two films and defend them um but emma you will have to defend from (laughs) Dustral dawn and i will have to defend barbie and the 12 dancing princesses uh emma it's i mean it's a this is I watched a pretty good film. You're gonna have to yep. really, really work to convince me otherwise. So, um, what are your thoughts? Why why do you think From Dust to Dawn is the better film?
1: Um, a superior cast. <laughs> um The acting is so good. Apart from like one specific actor. Totally fine that's just one actor it's so good um and Selma Hayek
0: Selma Hayek Hayek. Penis Gun
1: I mean like (laughs) hello (laughs) yep (laughs) if that doesn't make you consider From Dust Till Dawn the better movie I don't I don't know what will
0: Mm. Those are some. Those are some very strong points. Yeah, there's actually some really strong points. Um, I mean, Barbie and the Twelve Dazzling Princesses. It's you know, it's a good kids film. I think it. It's a great adapt. Really good adaptation. Still keeps the spirit of the original tale. Um, you know, the some humorous, some very humorous moments. I there were some moments that I laughed out at. Some of them were intentional jokes, and some of them were just. <laughs> the strange the strange animation yeah um uh and in a way it's like you know both of these films were released 10 years apart so uh in in you know some way you could say that this is the spiritual successor to from dusk till to oh god. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah like i thought it was i thought it was a really good film i had a lot i had a lot more fun with it um knowing that it was um a children's movie that's and not to say that children's films can't be good in fact more of the opposite it was i really love children's movies and i think that there are some excellent ones like uh paddington fantastic oh, mr fox yes. um you know even uh movies that sell toys the first lego movie i think is fucking phenomenal yeah. like like these are great films and i know i going into it i was thinking you know it's 2006 it's a barbie movie they made like 36 of these i was expecting it to be just a very shameless cash grab of like, yeah. And I actually I had a lot more fun in it than I thought I like genuinely thought that I would. Um but the film doesn't have a penis gun in Selma Hayek, which I I think no. is the winning factor. And I think from Dust or Dawn is the better film for those reasons alone. Um you're right. I think you you convinced me very well, Emma
1: I wanna die. <laughs>
0: gonna be like
1: this is gonna haunt me for the rest of my life
0: <laughs> i hate this so much <laughs> uh yeah look that's why i'm always every time someone when people come on here and they choose a film that means a lot to them <laughs> I'm like you're not I don't don't do it it's like highly recommended that you don't but yeah. in that saying that for anyone listening that is a potential future guest do do it I love it we love to tear down your childhood <laughs> films <Damn. laughs> um, thank you so much for coming on the this episode of From Us Dawn Emma um, it's been amazing to have you first uh, Barbie film uh, for, for the podcast and who knows maybe not the last maybe this will inspire more more barbies <laughs> hear that future guests more barbie movies that's what we more. want <laughs> i mean i i will
1: request rapunzel i just i will because if you I'll don't like it. the silence in this one you'll know. love the silence in that <laughs>
0: one. <laughs> uh well you know you know what to do future guests you know what to make me watch um emma ex- like anywhere that people can find you um for future stuff so I Do want to plug your socials again just at the end? Yep.
1: So you can find me on Instagram uploading my makeup looks at eb.artistry. And then on TikTok, you can find the same content at <laughs> imported.goods. Um, thank you for having me. This has been... No it's been a time. It's been great. Um, <laughs> this is a lot better than watching the movie. <laughs>
0: Uh, well, that, Hey, that's what we go. That's what we strive for in, uh, mm. in this podcast. We we definitely want the experience of listening to be less painful than watching the film. <laughs> um, yeah. Amazing. Uh, check, check out, uh, Emma's socials and the TikToks and stuff. As I said, we'll have them in the show notes. Um, we're at the end of the year, which means that there's not really any theater projects or art stuff to plug. Is there anything that you, um, that you're aware of coming up or in the future or like i don't know any stuff you're working on that might have developments and everything or just to watch people to keep an ear out for
1: uh yeah just keep an ear out there's there's stuff happening um keep keep a, keep an eye and an ear out for <laughs> all that is to see and know uh, <laughs> you'll hear more yeah i'll, I'll make it yeah, known yeah.
0: eventually yeah yeah if you if you follow the socials i'm sure that emma will uh make you know about them on the socials um thank you once again for coming on the the podcast and um with that we'll just say all right ramblers let's get rambling This was a Must Production, a Department of the MSA.